Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. I am going to be breaking down the first four-game stretch of Atlanta Falcons training camp on today's podcast. Joining me to do that are my Falcoholic colleagues, Kevin Knight and Adnan Ikic. And we did it a little bit differently this time around. We were all in Flowery Branch covering training camp. Uh, myself, the last couple of days, those two guys, all four days. Um, they did great work. I encourage you guys to go check it out on falcoholic.com. Um, but after today's practice, we just went and found a nice little cozy spot in uh, the media overflow room. And so the three of us plopped a mic down, put the camera on, and just sat there and, and kind of talked it all out for about 35 minutes. So that is what you guys are going to be hearing or watching. Um, and I encourage you guys to go check out our YouTube channel where you can see Kevin and Adnan and I sitting in a room talking it out. Uh, but that is what you guys are going to be hearing on today's podcast. If you're looking for more Falcons training camp content, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to Wednesday's show with ESPN's Mike Rothstein. On that one, we kind of went a little bit bigger picture, talked about some position battles um, and, and whatnot. So going to be bringing you training camp content all throughout training camp. Not a surprise there. Um, so going to keep the intro nice and short because we dive into uh, a lot of that stuff on today's episode with Kevin and Adnan. I do want to mention, though, at the back end of this podcast, I'm going to put the audio recording of you know my interview, and it was it was a media scrum, so I'm not the only one that has this audio, but it's public, it's out there, um, with Matt Collins. And this was all uh, recorded Friday afternoon after practice, but he is truly a character, one of the uh, more interesting, I think, locker room people that I have, have been able to talk to uh, and been fortunate enough to talk to in this line of work and some of the highlights. Not a big fan of shoes. Uh, likes to walk around barefoot, keeps them grounded. Uh, you guys probably saw the big quote uh, coming out Friday afternoon where basically if you used utensils, he thinks you're soft. Um, I wrote a big story kind of about Matt Collins and his unique personality. It's up on the Falcolic, so go check that out if you would like. But all you have to do is, is kind of stay tuned on the very back end of this podcast uh, audio only because it's not a video, so it's not going to go up on, on YouTube. So unfortunately, if you want to hear Matt Collins uh, himself kind of say some of these awesome things, you're going to have to uh, go to your favorite podcast platform and, uh, and check it out, audio edition. Um, so again, that's going to be on the back end of today's podcast. We've got Kevin and Adnan coming up uh, right after this. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, which you can play right from your phone. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. A little bit of a different show for you all today, but I'm joined by my cohorts at the Falcoholic, Kevin Knight, Anan Ikic. We are here live in Flowery Branch. We just wrapped up the fourth training camp practice for the Atlanta Falcons. And, and Kevin, you know, big crowd out there today. I mean, what do you think of the atmosphere? 
Yeah, it was it was sweet. Uh, I mean, it took what like at least fifteen minutes once you got off the highway to actually get to the parking lot. <laughs> uh, and after I parked really far away, I was informed that there was actually one media spot left, and like you know, no one was like no one believed that there could possibly be any spots left in the media parking lot. There was a secret spot, so somebody lucked out when they showed up super late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were fans still waiting in line past where we could see at like ten thirty. So like halfway through practice. Fans were still waiting to get in. I mean, it was the busiest I've seen it in like at least three years. Not not yeah. the most efficient use of their time. But no, um, no. But I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the the commitment. Well, but on you and I got here on time. Kevin was, yeah. was yeah. way yeah. late. So like some technically, it was fifteen minutes before practice started. That, that's but there was there was also you know rec coming five. Hope everybody's okay with that. But yeah, just a, a volume day and kind of just Atlanta traffic day. But I mean, what what do you think of the, the crowd? Out? Uh, I've been coming to Flowery Branch before my time as an alcoholic, just on the hill as a regular fan since I want to say 2011, 2012. It, it's been it's been a while, like maybe 2013. Uh, that is the biggest crowd I've seen easily since 2017, since that year coming off of the Super Bowl. After that, that off season, that training camp, like that hill was absolutely packed because you know you just came. I mean, literally could not find us at your friends. And today it was, it reminded me of that because it's absolutely packed. And, you know, we took some videos on our social media accounts, on our Twitter accounts. And then you just look over and you just see this massive line that's just extending like around the corner of fans still trying to get in. And it really shows you just how excited this fan base is about the Falcons this year. It shows you that they've absolutely bought in on the moves that this team has made. And, you know, they're, they're ready to make some noise. And the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Terry Fontenot addressed fans beforehand. Yep. And he said, you know what? We have the best fans in the league. And we will make the Benz this year. The fans will make the Benz the hardest stadium to play in. So, I mean, that would be that would be very nice to see. That would be nice. Sticking, sticking on that topic just for one second, though. And hold on, I will stick with you. But where do you think that passion kind of came from? Because this is a team that went 7-10 the last couple of years. They tied for either second or last in the NFC South, if you're a glass half empty or glass half full type of person. But we're seeing enthusiasm around this team comparable to 2017 coming off of that Super Bowl year. Like, why is that? I think we have a very smart fan base and we have a fan base that, you know, has kept tabs about what this team has done over the offseason. I mean, we know that. We know that from our Twitter account. You know, people, <laughs> people can't get enough of the draft. They can't get enough of free agency. The fan base, I think, knew the last couple off seasons the same way that we knew the last couple of years. That yeah, this team is you know they're going to compete. Uh, you know, we have new coaching staff, new regime, but the talent really has not been there as much. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fair to say. And I mean, them winning seven games past two years is very impressive with the talent that they've had. But they know that this team probably has the most talent it has had going into a season since they were going into 2018, in my opinion. Uh, And 2018, we remember that season was derailed because of injuries early on. You know, hopefully this team stays, you know, fully healthy. Uh, But this fan base has kept track of this team's moves. And this fan base is intelligent enough to know that, yeah, this team has brought in a lot of talent. There has been a lot of investment in the defense. Uh, they drafted arguably the most exciting prospect in the draft in Bijan Robinson. Uh, the rookies are looking good uh, in training camp so far a few days in. And, you know, they they know that this team 
will be better this season than it has been in years past, even though it hasn't been above 500 in a few years. <laughs> yeah. Fans are tired of losing, understandably so. But, I mean, I think people really underrate that the Falcons fan base is actually very passionate. You yeah. know, we're just battered. Uh, so, please, <laughs> um, you know, but, like, you know, give us a shred, give people a shred of hope. Have a good offseason. Spend some money. Bring in not only just good free agents, but, like, exciting draft picks. I mean, Bijan Robinson's already a celebrity. I mean, this dude caught a dump off and the crowd went wild. Yeah. Like, I mean, if that, I mean, he's already a celebrity. So, like, they've done the right things. People are in. Now we just need to stack some dubs. You know, I mean, start week one would be great. Please get to the winning but, record. But also think about <laughs> how much more people will be in and how much more excitement there will be if you, for example, start 2 0. Yeah. Like, you beat the yep. Panthers. It's not a murderer's row. The Panthers and Packers, no offense to Bryce Young and Jordan Love, you know, but, you know, you start off 2 0. And I mean, this fan base. This fan base is just like you said. It's looking for a shred of hope. It just wants something. Oh, it's a, it's it a powder something. keg waiting yeah. just for that kind of like spark at the start of the season. And I I do think that the Falcons you know, fan base is kind of coming into this season with the appropriate level of of excitement and expectation. And I think when you look at the national landscape and you talk to people who aren't from Atlanta, don't really follow the Falcon all that stuff, they seem very surprised. It's very you hear the same kind of, well, they've got a lot of holes on defense, all of this stuff that I don't think is necessarily true anymore. So I think what you'll see is if the Falcons start out like 2-0 and or 3-1, and quickly that national narrative yeah. may shift to catch up to where the fan base, I think, already is because, to your point, they're pretty smart. They get it. And it's a testament to the coverage that you guys also help provide that like educates and informs the fan base. Um, so let's let's get into some of the takeaways now that we've been able to see the Falcons out there on the field uh, for the first time this summer. Kevin, what do you think of the first four days? What what really stood out to you? What what's the vibe that you're picking up from this team? Yeah, I mean it. The Falcons are like a very. I, I feel like for for smart fans and analysts, you know, and the ones that obviously disagree with this are not smart or or you know. No, I'm just kidding. But they're like I think such a fascinating experiment. Yes. Um, that I think a lot of the you know more analytics focused or or just, this is a football person's yeah. football team. Yes, like. It's just interesting to see. Um, and like, we're not really supposed to talk about formations or that sort of thing. You know, we'll respect the team. You're allowed to talk about that on this podcast. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Don't listen to Arthur Smith. Yeah. On this yeah. podcast, you're allowed to talk. But you guys know, like, you guys, we don't need to tell <laughs> well, you. We are in Arthur Smith's house, right? About yeah. You know, the That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally are sitting in a, uh, in a media workroom. Yeah. yeah I posted one <laughs> seven on seven rep, and within 60 seconds, I was told to leave. So. You know, they are probably what somehow, even though this is not being live streamed, uh, someone somewhere is, is why <laughs> we're on their Wi Fi. So it's no, entirely they're, they're listening. Someone's on the yeah. other side of the world. There yeah. might be some kind of equipment, but um, 1984. It's fascinating. Right. Like, I mean, it, you know, I don't want to get too much into specifics, but we've seen a lot of just creative personnel. And if you guys have listened to Will's show, my show, you know, our show, um, <laughs> It, uh, I'm glad for that. Yes, yes, Would you like you. to say the name Co-host, of the show? Uh, you know, Dirty Birds and Brews and, you, you know, Falcon uh, Terrific program. Uh, you know, sister show to uh, this this wonderful Believe in Falcons program. As well. Well. So, believe, I get that believe. plug in. Yeah. Let's all just pat each other on the back. Yes. Great job, guys. Yeah. We're doing great work. Here. Um, but yeah, it, it's really fascinating to see all the personnel packages, all of the creative stuff. I know fans are it's going to be really fun to watch that that aspect of it has been fun but honestly like the offense struggled early which it's not 
uncommon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty common to see that. Uh, and then, so so that was getting a lot of press. And you know, obviously, we'll talk about Ritter at some point because there's no way we can't talk about Ritter. But you know, it, not the sharpest, especially the deep stuff. It just didn't come together again. For those of you that have watched a lot of training camps, you would know that that's pretty common. Also, the deep stuff is usually the last stuff to come together. Um, and it's it's been gradually getting better. And I think today, day four was the first day that the offense probably like won the day. Um, it was definitely the best day. So the progression, it, it reminds me of Ritter's four starts. It was like, yeah. oh, this is not great. It's true. And then by the time the season ended, I think all, most of us were like, I mean, it wasn't spectacular. And I would say today, even there was I mean, there, there, spectacular throws, but like. It wasn't. It wasn't always like flashy. Like it's not going to convince anyone that didn't like Ritter that he was great. But I think it's been like you've seen enough every day, and it's been building. And now you have today where you actually have a legitimately good day. That I think you know it, it gives you hope that like okay, this can work. Like um, and and it, it's also like don't take away anything from the defense that was smothering, especially mm-hmm. the first few days. Um, and and you know even Kyle Pitts today in his press conference was talking about it like. They've been winning. Now we got to win some, you know, like um, just how much more competitive it's been. So really the competitiveness of the defense is a nice change. Uh, mm-hmm. And just the offense starting to bounce back and we're getting to see a little bit more uh, is, is exciting. So there's been a lot, a lot of terrific stuff so far. So what about you, Anand? What did you, uh, you see for the first four-day block? Uh, so overall for the first four days, I do, I think we would be remiss. We didn't specifically mention the secondary just because, you know, today the offense looked much better and today Desmond Ritter looked much better. But if we're talking about as a whole and even today, like some, some of those guys in the secondary had their own like very good plays, very good pass breakups. It's uh, we remember Jalen Hawkins got got the party going the first couple of days, had two interceptions. Um, Clark Phillips. Clark Phillips yep. has been a standout. I have heard his name before. more than like anybody else's, I feel like, outside of Bijan. Well, coming up yesterday. Like, we remember Clark Phillips. We remember the one-on-one rep uh, against Drake London. Uh, I think Kevin recorded that one, and that was one of his... Stepford like, remembers. Uh, yeah. That was one of his, like, 13 videos, which has gone viral. Stack and dust. Just one after the other. But also today, he, he had a pick six today. So it was against uh, against the third-teamers. So, you know, nobody panic. It wasn't a pick against Desmond Ritter, you know. Uh, it was against Logan Woodside. Uh, who's Logan Woodside? Who's Logan yeah, yeah. He's looked no. he's arguably QB one at this point. <laughs> he's very gritty. Uh, he's so. gritty. <laughs> I don't, don't say that one. Yeah, we can't say. Um. Yeah. He. So it was Logan Whiteside. Uh, threw a pass to Penny Hart in the flat GSU legend, and Clark Phillips undercut it, and it would have gone for six, like easy pick six. Crowd went went wild. Phillips has you know. Every day, it seems like he, he's making a, another spectacular play. Uh, AJ Terrell today had a couple of pass breakups, including one on a deep shot to Frank Darby, where Darby had a chance at it, but uh, Terrell was with him step by step. Jeff Okuda, I think, yeah, is a name that's you know being forgotten a little bit, you know, in, in all of the like Clark Phillips chatter and stuff. He's been in the mix though. He's been like mixing it up a lot out he there. had he had a really good play today so it was on a, a scotty miller catch which wasn't a catch um so it was you know deep along the sideline ritter gave scotty miller a really good pass miller comes down with it and he comes down with it out of bounds and it was just this great veteran play by okuda where 
you know, he knows that the sideline is is an extra defender, is a help defender, and he did a great job of sort of marshalling him more toward that sideline. And while he didn't have a pass breakup, like statistically, it it was just as good as a pass breakup. And Okuda yesterday, he had an interception. An interception yeah. uh, the pick counter so far is at four, four days in. So two for... Uh, two for Hawkins, one for Abernathy, and one for Clark Phillips today. I'm I'm building that uh, interception brain, uh, that, <laughs> that that brain of tr- tracking the picks so far. They're going to go 17 interceptions. It looks like they're on pace yeah, for, uh, for the season. You know, one, one a day. But, yeah, uh, one a day. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked Arthur Smith about Clark Phillips um, after practice, and I thought it was interesting that he. And of course, this is like the type of coach that Arthur Smith is, and also kind of the time of year where you do, they talk about this a lot in college football, right? So you spend all this time recruiting guys, and then they go through a de-recruiting period where it's kind of like, all right, now we're going to have to like coach you and give you some tough loving. So after uh, Clark Phillips, you know, makes that pick six, Arthur said that he was actually supposed to then be back out there for the next play. And they had to kind of substitute for him because he was over celebrating maybe that, that great play that he made beforehand. So it was a little bit of a, I guess, critique sandwich there yeah. where, where it's kind of like, hey, great job undercutting, great job, you know, catching the pass and making a, a nice play there. But you then need to not let it go to your head and you yeah. need to get back out there. But also, AJ Terrell in the press conference yesterday, he did talk specifically about how Clark Phillips has been so, you know, so receptive of yeah. that coaching. Mm-hmm. He, he's been so like, he didn't use the word coachable, but he pretty much like described him as a very coachable player who, you know, just drinks in all of this knowledge you know he, he's not out there just like you know arguing like you know puts his head down he, he just listens to the critiques of the coaches yep. and he goes out there and he does what he's supposed to do on the next play yeah, yeah. so he's i mean he's been a big standout guy but uh kevin we should talk about this right you yes. know, he is coming into training camp the biggest question mark and i, I think it's still fair to say that he's the question mark coming out of four days you know mm-hmm. if, it's some of the same things that we have seen and talked about ever since Desmond Ritter really came on the radar for the Falcons. It is some of these accuracy issues. It is, you know, especially kind of deeper down the field. Now Arthur Smith wants him to continue to take these shots, right? If this is ski ball, he's looking for those 500 pockets. He just wants you to keep trying. You'll get better. It'll come along. What's the concern meter with Desmond Ritter? Is it too early? Are you perfectly comfortable with what he's shown so far and you expect him to continue to improve where's your mind out with this yeah it was you know day one very shaky uh day two slightly better but still shaky day three better uh more just like middling and then today i thought was good so it it, the trajectory is going in the right direction there you go um obviously you know if you look at the whole product it's still probably like averagey um so I'm not concerned four days in, um, but I'm not going to give him flowers for one good day either. I mean, I I think it was a good day. It's certainly what you want to see. And, you know, I I think all the quarterbacks honestly had their best day today. So I think the timing, the familiarity with all the receivers, um, it's all sort of coming together uh, a little bit. And I think that's part of it. And it's part, it's an underrated thing. It's like we, when you see a ball sail, a lot of people assume it's like, oh, Desmond just overthrew that, you know. Yeah. But did the receiver run the right route? You know, did they did they break it off too soon? Was the, maybe it was the coverage that was good. So the receiver had to adjust, and the ball's already in the air. You know? Sure. So, um, everyone wants to bury Ritter, uh, and like, where you were on Desmond Ritter 
going into training camp, whether you thought he was terrible or you were really excited, you know, if you feel differently now, I'd be surprised after four days. I think if you were excited, you probably feel really excited after today. And if you thought he was going to be bad, probably feel about the same. So like it, it right so far, there hasn't really been a, enough of a narrative to like really push it one way or the other. But I think everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Again, trending in the right direction. That's what you want. Um, and, you know, if that keeps happening, then there'll be a lot of confidence in Ritter. But, I mean, ultimately, it, this is an offense that's not going to ask the quarterback to be this elite passer either. Yeah. So, you look at Ryan Tannehill, who is a top 10 quarterback under Arthur Smith and has basically never achieved that ever before or, or maybe will ever again without Arthur Smith. So, like, and that's all you need to make this offense go. And, and you know, Ryan Tannehill, to his credit, was a good deep ball thrower. And that's really the one part that's yeah. still the biggest question mark. Anand, you're a noted Desmond Ritter pessimist coming into training camp. And, and you were just saying before we recorded that you think he's going to uh, be an all-pro this season. How did you arrive at this, uh, this <laughs> about face after only four days? Well, it all started when I was born. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go way back. Huh? Take it way back. Yeah, well, we're taking it way back. I, I hope you guys uh, cleared your schedule. Yes. So, you um, <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely agree with Kevin's assessment. It's... Uh, it, it it kind of it does remind you of uh, his last four starts last year where you know it started out very like very poor and I mean well we're not going to sugarcoat it like Wednesday it was it was bad like it, it was the first day yeah. it was it was bad and it's gotten progressively better uh, and to the point where today like yeah you, you know even on some of those deep balls and you, you know it could be that uh, the the wide receivers are more in sync but. You know, even some of those deep shots that did not connect, at the very least, they were plays where the receiver had a chance. Uh, I think on the first uh, play of seven on seven today, it was a deep shot to Drake London. Yep. And I genuinely think that it would have been a defensive pass interference on D. Alford, who, who got there, in my opinion, just slightly early, made some contact slightly early. And, you know, that that's as good as a completion in that scenario. And it's not going to go down as, oh, yeah, he... he Leaded it to London, but he did his job as the quarterback on that play. Later on, I mentioned that play to Frank Darby, where Darby did have a chance to go up and get it. AJ Terrell just made a better play. And it, it, it's these plays where you're seeing the progress, even though it's not like fully connected yet. And that's exactly what you want to see. It, it would be much, it, I would absolutely take this over, oh, he looked like this on Wednesday. And today he looked like what he looked on Wednesday yeah. where he's like throwing the interceptions where, you know, he's just like completely out of sync. Like the way that probably Bryce Young is looking right now in Carolina after that great first day, apparently very shaky today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, you want to see that progress. And, you know, I'm very happy that Arthur Smith said that he does want Ritter to keep slinging it and that yes. they will, you know, continue to, call to dial up these deep shots because that's that was one of my complaints uh, on our live shows the last couple of days that we haven't seen enough of these deep shots like to this point where 
you know, if he's struggling, like let, let him work through it and, you know, let him start getting into the rhythm with, with these real time throws. Yeah. And, you know, keep keep dialing it up because, you know, he will dial it up during the season. I do think he's been pretty, pretty sharp. And you guys have said the same on, on some of the intermediate passes. Like when he when he has to throw it on a straight line, those are kind of his best throws. Um, but, you know, you're right. And it's a good example of these guys are human. And the difference between the good NFL players, the great NFL players, and, you know, the average NFL players, because everybody here is talented, it's consistency. It's are you able to bring it day in and day out, and that's how you stay in this league, and that's how you rise up the depth chart. And so, yeah, I think Desmond Ritter is young. That consistency is still coming, but it's it's not worth burying him after four days of, of training camp because he's gotten better every single day, and that's what they're out here to do. Somebody who looked great, though, just right from the jump, Adnan, was, was Bijan Robinson, their, uh, their first-round pick. I mean, I, I felt bad for almost the other players out here because we mentioned Bijan catches a slant. Everybody goes nuts. There were, like, some legitimately really good, like, one-handed catches out here by, like, other receivers and, like, five people in the crowd noticed. And they were like, yay. Like, so how exciting is it to actually see Bijan in person? He's, he's different. Like he's one of those like rare players where we haven't really like seen what the running backs can actually do. We haven't seen pads come on yet. And it's really difficult to evaluate because, you know, when pads aren't on, the second someone like puts a hand on you, it's like one hand touch football. It's immediately blown dead. And then, you know, it's one of those plays where someone's within the vicinity, but you know that they they weren't going to like take down the running back or there was going to be a broken tackle or whatever. But even despite these limitations, Bijan, just the way he moves, it's just it just feels different. It, it feels like he feels like one of those rare players where you can bring in like a, a complete novice who has never watched the game of football. And he'll watch these guys on the field and he will like point Bijan Robinson out as, yeah, that, that guy isn't the same as like the rest of those guys. And we saw some of it today where like his cuts are so fluid. It, it it just looks it, it just looks so natural for him and I can't wait for Pats to come on and I can't wait I can't wait to see him, you know, come preseason, come that joint practice against the Dolphins, come the regular yes. season, where, you know, when he gets into the open field, I don't think there's a single linebacker in the NFL that'll be able to do anything against him one on one, not one. I, I was talking with Michael Turner um during practice today and he was he was out there, so it was really good to see him and Asked him about the Ladanian Tomlinson comparisons, right? Because that's a pretty popular comp for uh, for Bijan Robinson, and who better to actually weigh in on that comparison yeah. than Ladanian's backfield uh, teammate for a little bit there? And he said, "Yeah, man, like the, the comps are pretty spot on because of his ability to make these cuts and make these breaks and like maintain his speed." And so that's what we're seeing is when he makes a decision, and he goes in the other direction. Dudes just can't keep up. I mean, he's he's going so fast. And, and Kevin, you captured arguably what some are calling the cinematic achievement of this week. We had Barbenheimer last week. I think that your video of Bijan Robinson catching a touchdown pass over uh, Troy Anderson has actually supplanted Barbie in that double header. So it's Bijanheimer, I think, is what they're okay. calling it now on on X. How do you feel about Who that? Who threw that ball though? Who threw the ball? <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Very well, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the audio of that video, you'll definitely get my thoughts on <laughs> Bijan Robinson. Uh, I, I was considering editing that out, but I, I think it needed to stay in. Um, no, I mean, it. you can just tell, like, I mean, the second you saw him 
out there on the field. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Bijan. He didn't need to wear a jersey. You would know. Um, and, like, you can't even see him break tackles or, or take any contact. But right. he's the type of player where it's like he would be like a shorts warrior. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course these guys in one-on-ones and no pads, they're going to look great. You know, they're going to be cut and they're going to be, you know, flying downfield, you know, looking great. And then, but once the pads come on, you know, they're, they're not going to look as good. We've seen this with a lot of the smaller, you know, smaller type receivers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but with Bijan, it's like, oh, yeah, but also he was the best tackle breaker in college football. Yep. So, like, not only does he have that change of direction, which is rare, you know, just a rare level of that, he's also, like, over 215 pounds and breaks tackles. And he's not really a power back. I mean, he's not your smash him up the middle type of tackle breaker, but he's just, the way he moves, it is so special that even seasoned players they misjudge where he's going to be. And that's why he breaks so many tackles. Not necessarily, his contact balance is good and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's hard to take a, the right angle. It's hard to keep up with him with your eyes because he just is so special with the way he moves. So it, it just, it, it, he just defies logic with, with that stuff. And you know, it's nightmares, right? I mean, it's as good as Tyler Algier was last year. You yeah. Know? Um, Right, he was. He's the type. You know, he's more of the truck. He's more uh, of the north-south guy. The truck stick. I feel like I yeah. gained a new appreciation today. There was one play um, for Bijan's flexibility, and there was one play where he almost like may. It was in the backfield of outside stretch zone, like edge defender makes him cut and cuts up field, and he almost like dead legged him on the cut. Like his <laughs> upfield leg, he just like went limp, and he like jump cut it, but he stretched his right leg, his his plant leg so far. It reminded me of almost like. Uh, Novak Djokovic, like on the tennis court, really like reaching to hit something, and I just feel like that's going to be the the contact balance that you said, the power, the flexibility. Like he's going to be just such an interesting player to watch, and we're going to get to see him when the pads come on, hopefully very soon. You know, they completed this first four day block, so I feel like pads are, are not too too far away. That's generally how it goes. Um, Adnan, like when the pads come on, what? A, how excited are you to see? Bijan and, and what he can do now that people are going to be hitting, but is there anybody else that you're really looking forward to seeing once these pads finally do come on? And I mean, one, I'm incredibly excited about Bijan. And I mean, I thought the pads were going to come on today. You yeah, know, I woke up this morning so crowd, excited. Right. You know, and then like, you know, they threw us uh, a bit of a curveball with that one. They're like, you know, we went out there and guys are in shorts, guys are in shirts. It's like, uh, all right, and like, far oh. from the crowd too. Like they weren't, yeah. they were midfield. They weren't yeah. near the the end zone and doing some red zone plays to get everybody hyped. Yeah, yeah they they were out here with the Efton fans. I'm kidding. Yeah, they were trying <laughs> to do the deep stuff for the haters. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just in general, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these uh the battle of the trenches too, because you can't really evaluate the offensive and defensive lines as much without pads either, because you know they're very limited. But you know, I I can't wait to see. You know, this defensive line is incredibly revamped. Like, you know, we know about all of the additions. They they bring in David Onyemata. They bring bring in Bud Dupree, who, you know, lining, lining up along the edge a little bit, lining up uh, at linebacker, very versatile player. Uh, we talked with uh, Lorenzo Carter a little mm-hmm. bit post-practice, and he, he talked about uh, his transition a little bit more into more of that defensive line, defensive end, and in the dirt, and in the dirt, working more with the with the defensive line coach, working more with Ryan Nielsen. You know, Ryan Nielsen who's a great defensive line teacher is here now, and you know that defensive line is complete. That front seven, more or less, is completely rebuilt in compared. 
comparison to last year. And then you have, you know, what was arguably a top three run blocking offensive line in the NFL, a top five graded uh, PFF uh, offensive line in the NFL. Uh, and now you have a chance to really watch that sort of a clash of the Titans. And, you know, you'll be able to, we'll be able to, to evaluate Matthew Bergeron a bit more. Who, uh, he's been running with the ones uh, in Matt Hennessy's absence. Hennessy should be back pretty soon. But Arthur Smith yep. said he's pleased with uh, what he's seen from Bergeron. And, you know, I, I'm just really looking forward to that, you know, that old cliche of iron sharpens iron and seeing, all right, who's going to win this battle between these lines? Like, is this offensive line going to continue where they left off from? Or is this defensive line really going to send that message of, hey, you, you know, what we're, we're the dominant big guys in the building? Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's always the one of the best parts of when the bats come on is watching that battle in the trenches. And, yeah, I should say that Matt Hennessy underwent the MRI. It does seem like good news on that front. Um, it's not going to necessarily be out there for the next little bit, but looks like sooner rather than later, as opposed to ending up on IR or something much, much worse. So yes, great news on that front. But Kevin, you know, as I assume that, you know, as a lover of offensive line play and, and trench play as well, that that's something you're excited to see. But is there anybody else in particular that, you know, once once the uh, the shoulder pads are on, like, let's see what you can do? Yeah, I mean, Bijan's obviously the layup. We've talked enough about Bijan, but yeah, I, I mean, just I don't know watching him. Yeah, I mean, you can't, but um, Bijan's going to be great. But really, you know, some, again, like we touched on it, but like some of the, the lighter receivers, like like uh, UDFA's Xavier Malone, uh, Day, you know, my son, <laughs> um, I think he had his first like pass that he didn't actually catch in one-on-ones today. Uh, you know, so. Who threw it? Uh, that, you know, I. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that it's now just like running, it's yeah. the running meme? Who threw that yeah. pass? Who threw that Who threw it? Yeah, but uh, you know, so for him, like, does he look the same in pads? Um, that's really the big question for a lot of these early standout wide receivers and those type of players. And the speed backs too, you know, another thing like that's um, yeah, another guy from around the, the league that you're looking at. You know, Devon A. Chain, mm-hmm. tiny running back, lighting it up without the pads on. You know, yeah. what we'll, happens when we'll you put see the him pads next on? week? Yeah, we'll, we'll see him. him. We'll week, see yeah, him. So Dolphin. I was a big A. Chain fan as well. So, but you know, like Zay Malone. You know, what does he do? What are, what do some of these lighter receivers do when the pads and the intensity and the physicality comes on? And um, you know, like I've said, just my Zay takes. Uh, you watch his Henderson State take <laughs> breaks tackles. Uh, he's five nine, one eighty, and he's out there breaking tackles. So you know, I I have faith that he's one of those small guys that can still bring it um, and won't be phased by the physicality. But you know, the, the we're we're really looking for that fifth wide receiver and. Um, you know, it, no, I think today we did see the best play from the wide receivers overall. And that coincided obviously with the quarterback having a good day. Um, you know, Slade Bolden made some plays. We hadn't really seen him do much yet. You know, fellow UDFA, Keelan Harris also got a touchdown. Got a touchdown. Yep. Um, on some deep passes. On some deep passes. Yeah. yeah, We were expecting Scotty Miller, obviously, to make the team, but he had his best day as well. I mean, he was really good today. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, how does this receiving core look? Because the they've, they've, yeah, when the pads come on, because they've got, they've got the big nasties that you think are going to look great. Like Matt Collins, who <laughs> the unex- he's definitely the first. unexpected star of training camp so far. Uh, personality was, you know, sure. not had the legendary yeah. quote. Um, he's, he's such a personality and that hair, I feel like you're capable of anything when you have hair like that. So 
Yeah. Um, Troy Palomalu, yeah, Lions exactly. game type of, of so, deal. So those guys, I think the wide receiving group, seeing how they move forward. And like we, we've signed them all to be run blockers, so I want to see them pancake some guys. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, next uh, Miami Dolphins joint practices. Uh, any particular matchup there that you're, you're really excited? You and I talked a little bit about seeing the secondary against, you know, Miami's great receivers. A little bit of a different test, but is is that your choice? Is there, you know, anything else that, that you feel like Miami in particular, some of their great players against some of our great players? I Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the layup on that one and just continue to uh, – uh, continue to talk about uh, our conversation from from today on the practice field where we were talking about the secondary. The secondary, like I mentioned, it has looked great like the first four days. I think the secondary have been, you know, the overall winners of training camp. We, you know, we mentioned uh, Phillips, AJ Terrell, Okud, all these guys. And I think you have a very, a very unique opportunity uh, where you have this joint practice against the Miami Dolphins who have are you arguably the best wide receiver core in the NFL? I, I would definitely think that they're they're a top two, top three wide receiver core. You know, we along with the Cincinnati Bengals up there mm-hmm. with uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, but you have easily. I mean, they're easily the fastest wide receiver core. And you know, to be honest, the Atlanta Falcons wide receivers aren't really striking fear into any any opponents. Like, yeah, this is a pro Falcons like. Podcast, of course, but put some respect on Drake in the least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Drake, had a really good, good day. Yeah. Yeah. Drake had a good He's day. He's sort of the exception. Drake, Drake yeah. had a good day, but I mean, like you know, Drake isn't on on the level of Tyreek. Yeah, he's not a burner. He's not on like you know. You have uh, I can't wait to see AJ Terrell. Like, how is he matching up against Tyreek Hill one on one? How is Jeff Okuda going to match up against Jalen Waddle one on one? Yeah, even Robbie Anderson, chosen Anderson. So, <laughs> He's uh, he's also one of those burners, one of the fastest guys, you yeah, know, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just, you know, I, I want to see because you know you're really, I'm really excited about the secondary, but at the same time, there is that little bit of a a, a caveat of yeah, but you know, the Falcons' receiving core is one of the weaker ones in the NFL overall. But you know, if they can go out there and have a strong performance against the Dolphins. You know, then it's then the hype train is just, you know, completely leaving the station. That yeah. one. What about you, Kevin? No, I think that's a good one. I mean, it, yeah, it, it is on the defensive side. And, and unfortunately, it looks like, you know, Jalen Ramsey uh, yeah. for the Dolphins is going to miss some time. Um, but, you know, I would like to see how the Falcons defensive front does, because that has been a problem for as long as any of us can remember. Just constant issues up front. Um and I'd like to see how they look. I mean, Miami's offensive line, not necessarily known as one of the most dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe dangerous good, for the quarterback. Yeah. Test. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, you would expect them to be able to do something. Like, if this yeah. if this pass rush is coming together and is going to be better, then they should be able to make some noise against that Dolphins offensive line. You know, not necessarily take over, but, you know, the, the key to beating the Dolphins last year was to get pressure uh, mm-hmm. because. Jalen Waddell and Tyree Killer will take over if you don't. So, right. you know, the combination, I think, of watching the secondary, the other half is like, if can the defensive line get pressure? Because if they do, secondary is much more likely to, to look better in those Absolutely. matchups. I, I think um, Kyle Pitts, Javon Holland, that's kind yep. of my personal uh, matchup that I'm really excited to hear about. But 
this was great, guys. I, yeah. I don't want to keep you any longer. It's been a long day. It's been a long, you know, four-day stretch. Uh, past couple of days for me. The day off tomorrow. Yeah. Finally. Mercifully, a day off tomorrow. Um, but please, Kevin, plug what you got uh, yeah. before we get out of here. No, guys. Kevin Knight, Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. Falcoholic.com for all that terrific written content. Uh, Adnan and I will be doing an, a day four recap show as well. So you can check that out uh, on Falcoholic's YouTube, as well as Dirty Birds and Brews podcast, also part of the Believe Podcast Network. You believe or whatever. But I can't remember what the tagline is. Is that, is that still the tagline? Dude, you sold that like a company yeah. man. I appreciate yeah. that. Adnan, what you got? <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at Say Which Way. Um, and yeah, I'm just plugging away at thefalcoholic.com. We have a lot of uh, really good training camp coverage, a lot of very comprehensive training camp coverage uh, of the live show that we're doing uh, every day during camp. And I'll also plug away at our uh, Kevin and Mind's uh, training camp news and notes. Uh, more so uh, all of this stuff, but in, in written print form, if, if that's your preference. So, you know, we'll be jotting down uh, all of our notes from uh, what we saw out there today. And uh, we're doing that every day during camp. There you go. Print media is not dead as long as these alcoholics here to keep it alive. Yep. Thank you guys again so much for joining me. This was a blast. Absolutely. Catch you guys sure. again for the next four day block. Yeah. All right. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Adnan and Kevin. Let's go real quick now to Matt Collins and the interview that he gave after Friday's training camp practice. How do you balance being one of the older guys but being new and how do you usually voice something that uh, a lot of times my stuff is going to be experience conversations. Not like, hey, when you run this route, do this. But like, hey, in this situation, what I've been in in my seven years, this is what I've seen or this is the guys that I've played with have told me about. Um, that's how I can be helpful. Um, but when it comes to the playbook, I'm really a sponge and I'm listening to the guys who've been here before me. What's, what about this offense? Strikes you as a good fit? Uh, I mean, the, obviously the play action stuff, building a run game, I'm, I love hitting people. Yeah. Uh, so blocking in the run game is, is, is not like a minus for me like most receivers probably are. They don't like hitting and they don't like getting in and mixing up with safeties, but there's no point in being big and not hitting anybody, so it, it's a fit for me. Have you always been that way or is that something you've had to learn? Yeah, my mom mom said when I was a little kid I had anger issues. So. Yeah. <laughs> Carries right on over. Do you still have anger issues or does hitting people uh, help with that? I probably got anger issues, but I'm more of a refined. I care less about things. Legal violence. So, like, um, last year, like, what did that do for you to get that production level going and really become a major part of that Raiders offense? I don't think it did anything for me. I think maybe it showed other people like, hey, you can okay. do it. I think. It's funny, whenever a guy has a good year, people are like, man, his offseason must have been so great. <laughs> it's like, not really. He's probably had great offseasons for five, six years. Like, it's not like I just trained last year every season. Right, yeah. Finally, it worked. <laughs> I guess you know, I've been training every season for a long time, and I just happened to get the opportunity. So right, it's about sure. when does the opportunity come and being ready. Because a lot of guys get an opportunity, but they weren't prepared. They haven't been training. And then they're like, oh, why is he not good? Well, because he hasn't been training for years. He made him trained one summer, and now it's too late. But, but you kind of stayed ready, and then you got that opportunity. Yep. I was able to take the most, make the most of it. Was staying in uh, Vegas an option for you, or did you know? Like, yeah, uh, but I like this opportunity better, and um, I'm excited and super happy I made this decision. Uh, I think I'm a good fit right now. We'll see how the season goes up. I'll be doing it every moment. What if you? That number two spot for receiver is kind of up, you know, a little bit. Do you feel like that's one of the areas that you could make a, a big you know, role in or place? 
Yeah, I mean, the number one spot is, is up, for, up for it. I'll never let Drake, he's my roommate in here. He, he gets no free free days. Uh, so every spot in, in my mind and in every receiver's mind is up for, up for grabs. Uh, just because he got a little nice signing bonus. There's no, there's no free lunches now that I'm here. No free lunches. Was there ever any consideration earlier in your career to move to tight end? Like, did, that ever, did that ever get broke? Yeah. Uh, like during OTAs, I got up to probably like 230, 235. <laughs> just because in that offseason, I get heavy. I was like, But if it's, if it's going to let me, if it lets me get on the field, I'll do it. But it's a lot of weight to carry around. Yeah. Uh, I could do it if it was overtime, but yeah, I've always, I just wasn't sure if like early, like yeah, early there's like always times where it's like, hey, you could go to tight end if we need it. Uh, and I play tight end at this size, like yeah. guys go down. Uh, but a serious consideration tight end, not really. Okay. Definitely. What about this team attracted you to it? Um, I think they're like I've you know I've practiced against this team three years ago when I was in Miami, uh, came down, and just the way guys compete, mm -hmm. like it's easy to look at a game on wins and losses. Um, but there's little things you have to watch on how guys compete when they're losing in a game, how they continue to fight when they're down in a game. That tells you what a team will be in the future. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in this league that'll be down and just give up. And it's like, I don't want to play there because that's some, something's going on in their culture that allows them to just say, screw it, like, guys, we lost. Uh, and I never saw that in any stuff that I watched with the Falcons. Uh, mm -hmm. And now I, I'm here and I see it. So it's, been promising yeah. and you uncover that just through film styles you're like watching other yeah, teams yeah. and you just and see okay I, it's fourth I, yeah, quarter there it now like because mm -hmm. i'm here but yeah when, when you're picking teams it's like all right let me see like some of their, game, their close games it's, don't show me the games where they win by a lot don't show me the games where they lose by a lot let me see some tight games mm -hmm. see if they, they throw in the towel yeah and there's a lot of tight games here there's a lot of tape to watch so, um, yeah it was, i'm glad i made this decision. what's the relationship like between you and Drake? as a, as a roommate as on the field everything what's yeah it? it's great um like really since the day i got here tried to Give him everything I have in terms of knowledge, or, and push him to a new limit. Uh, you know, I think not having a lot of older guys in the room, he didn't he didn't have anybody to really say, hey, like, hey, this could help you. Uh, but then I learned a lot from him as well. Like, he, he's played in this league. He's played. He's had reps. He's made plays. Uh, so I'm never too good to say that I can't learn from somebody younger. So I've learned plenty from him. But it's been good to be able to have him and kind of see how he moves and what buttons I can push and uh, how to get the best out of him. Who gets up first? Um, well, he don't have to do special things, so it's me. <laughs> <laughs> have you had fun pushing his buttons? Have you, have you had a oh, little yet? We're, we're barely, y'all haven't even heard me. I'm, I haven't even started. I'm very far from, not until people start coming close to dying when the heat, like it's been an easy practice. When the heat starts hitting, you'll start hearing me more. So are you a talker? Like, are you oh, like? heavily. Yeah, heavily. The like, DBs don't like me at all, but that's part of the game. I want to say, I want to, Break you down as far as I can. It'll during make the season easier. During a game, what's the biggest rise you've gotten out of a? Out of a um, I can get. I've got dudes to get penalties like push me and now flop or something. This is years ago. Now a lot of the guys just got older and they see me. They know just like just don't say anything to me. Yeah. Just like don't even get them started. If nobody talks to me, then I'm fine. But if you start talking, <laughs> then I'm gonna start playing for real. Seeing the pads come on, we'll see some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll start more chirping and all the big muscle guys we're doing with no pads. We'll see. Translate. You came to Carolina as a, a, a walk-on. Yeah. I'm curious, it's some part of that never really leave you that's, you know, always having that chip in your shoulder and having a little respect. Yeah, I think that's, like, I would never take that back. Um, huh. When I was a walk-on, I think scholarship kids were pampered. Uh, now, a lot of them work hard, and that's why I got scholarship or whatever, but in my mind, they're just pampered. Uh, it's just like early draft picks, they're pampered. Like, I always think that no matter what.
And I was fourth round, so I was kind of early too. It's like I was undrafted, <laughs> but I was pampered too in the fourth round. I got a, I got away with more stuff. Than I was oh. Made me feel soft. Like it's interesting. Like there's guys in the room, uh, undrafted late round picks, and when HBCUs, like, is there some part of the kind of that mentality of? Do you sense that it's not a bunch of prima donnas in there? Or? Yeah, I mean, if you're a prima donna, it's not in the room for you. Yeah. You'll get called out for it, right. uh, at least by me. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like soft people. Uh, I don't like people to eat with utensils, to be honest with you. That kind of makes you soft. But that's part of that's a whole other discussion on what, what makes you soft and what doesn't. Um, but yeah, off, off, yeah, just eat with your hands. That's what they're there for. Like uh, anything or anything? Or? Really? Pasta? If you, if you can't eat it with your hands, you shouldn't be eating soup. Shouldn't be eating soup. I guess you, you never you never seen a lion eat soup. You never seen a gorilla. You never seen anything savage eat soup. So what's your diet like? What do you eat? Yeah, soup. Uh, okay. So, when you eat meat, like, how, what do you, how, what do you, like, Most of the time, if I know where it's from, uh-huh. like, if I know it's quality, I'll just say warm it up. Uh-huh. Like, so it gets, like, 101 degrees. Uh-huh. So, it's so it's warm. I just don't, like, it could be raw. I just don't warm, like raw. the temperature of, like, room temperature. I don't like that. Okay. But if it's just warm, yeah, then it could be blue on it. You mentioned a lion. Do you consider, is that a nickname for you just because of your hair? Oh, like the hair, hair does it, yeah. yeah. My dad had a lion when he was a kid. Um, I've always liked big cats. Wait, I'm sorry. You had a lion? Yeah, he had a lion. What was its name? Well, I don't know. It was a little one. It, was like, it wasn't like one of those uh, TLC uh, hanging house lions either. It was like a in a big cage and they would kill deer and eat it. Where? Um, in Ohio. You had a lion in Ohio. Just one? Just one. Just, just out of curiosity, is that legal to have a lion in Ohio? <laughs> it, it was until, I think it was like maybe 10 years ago that guy let out all his animals. Yeah. He yeah. had a whole bunch. I think it's illegal now. Okay. But you used to be able to have them. So that guy let a lot of animals out. So no more yeah, lion then? Good. It doesn't have a lion? Well, the lion died a long time ago. Oh, okay. Like when we were little kids. Okay. Yeah. But is that a nickname that you kind of go by too or no? You just like lion? Yeah, some people do because when the hair, sorry, <laughs> when the hair goes all the way out, it comes <laughs> with this hair too. You, you have to, hair's hot. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you put it up? I mean, you I gotta put it, put it up like this. Yeah, I cut, I tie it like this so it doesn't stick to the side of my face because it gets very hot. When, when the helmet's not on, I can pull it and just like, it's nice. When it's out, no helmet, and it starts doing this, <laughs> real claustrophobic. Do you like cats then? No, I hate cats. Cats will steal your soul. Never trust a cat. The small ones? No. Never look at them in the eye. Dog guy. Yeah, big dog guy. Not the, not the rat dog. Yeah. Those, okay. aren't, those aren't dogs. Those are, I don't know. Okay. Rats. Big rats. If I recall reading something about you two, do you understand the shoes really? No, I hate shoes. I hate that I have to wear these. Yeah. I feel very uncomfortable. Okay. So most of the time, no shoes? I don't even have any shoes at camp. So Other than the ones the team provided me with. What's the 30 second philosophy on that? Um, I mean, there's a thought process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I cut the roots out of a tree, it wouldn't make very much sense. If this is how I feel the ground, this is how I connect to everything around me, why would I cover it? Nobody wears mittens here, but everybody has shoes on. Um, if you have children, I don't know what you do. But all, all they do is touch things and feel things, and feet and, feet and hands are the exact same when you're a baby. Then all of a sudden you put shoes on and they stop feeling it. And you ever see your baby when you first put shoes on, they're like this. But then if you take them off, they can walk normal they lose all sensation in the feet. But then you know you hit like six or seven, it's like, oh, I always have shoes on. It's like, yeah, that's when I felt the best. But like walking around town and stuff, you have shoes on. No. When I'm back in Florida, I'll, I'll get kicked out of the grocery store. Yeah. A lot of Instacart. You'll be a couple more from that. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like, it just becomes like part of life. It's not really everything anymore. Yeah, it's just like part of it. Like as soon as these come off, it's back on. TJ said he didn't think you had a car either. I do not have a car. Okay, so how do you get around? Um, right now, I have my buddy's car yeah. um, who lives here, but like he comes back in two weeks. So I'll just walk or I'll 
Pedal bike? I would, I'm, I'm campaigning to let me stay here all year. <laughs> I would gladly stay here. That's like, I don't know why I got to stay here. That's literally the best you can get. Oh my God, yeah. Y'all pay rent? Walk across the street. I would definitely stay here if I could. So we'll see. Uh, three. It's two uh, ball pythons, four to six feet, one ball uh, Colombian boa, 11 and a half foot feet. Where does that track back to you? Uh, my love animal. And they're way easier to take care of than dogs. Dogs are super hard to take care of. Someone has to walk on something, has to feed them every day. Snakes. The water gets changed, but you feed them once a week to, they've gone six months without eating. Um, the heat's regulated automatically. Humidity is regulated automatically, so it's much easier to manage. So you're, I think we can all agree, a typical football players. Yeah, where, where did they say I'm the weird guy. Yeah. Um, I think I just don't, I just am who I am. I don't really care what, I, I guess maybe there was a time I cared, but it was a long time ago. Um, I've always been the guy that does what I feel like. If you don't like it, I don't know what that has to do with me. Uh, <laughs> if it ends up, I, I have to go do something else, or well, at least I was me on the way out. Uh, rather than trying to be something I'm not hate life or anything. Is there a moment in your life where that you made that transition? I mean, yeah, that seems like a transition. Um, I don't think there was a time when I was like I think I was always like You've that. always been this one. Yeah, I've always been a little different and I've always just I think because I've been a good athlete, I've got away with being doing things. Sure. I'm just messing up my head. Um I just got away with things. I always do good athlete, so nobody says like he's a weirdo. So I always the fastest kid in third grade, so it would so it's okay with me. Um, and then it just carried on now so and nowadays it's cool to be weird right I do weird stuff now, that, now I'm the cool guy all right thank you guys so much for checking out today's show which as always was presented by bet online I encourage you all to check out falcolic.com for more great content check out all the socials spread the word. Uh, you know, not enough people know about this wonderful podcast. Um, and it would really mean a lot to us if you, uh, help evangelize for it. So that's my piece. That's all I got for you guys today until next time, everybody take care. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.